0: by them because I think quite honestly all of us could say in some way we follow them but I don't think anyone could honestly say in all three areas we couldn't work or make improvements or do more than we've been doing and you know what we may need that I don't mind don't mind don't mind him by the way I do want to say uh, thanks oh that's so much nicer isn't it All right, I I guess I'll have to stand like like, I'll speak like this the whole time. Uh, I do want to thank Brother Duncan for uh, the time. Uh, Brother Johnson was here as well and uh, just helped to get things set up again this morning. He keeps telling me it takes five minutes, but he got here at 930 so you could have the service today. So just so you're aware of that, and he'll he'll be here 45 minutes afterward. It only takes five minutes to to set back up, but he'll be here for about 45 minutes after the service putting everything away. So there you go. All right. Thank you, Brother Duncan, for that. And Brother Umstead, that was the one most wonderful rendition I've ever heard you sing of Happy Anniversary. There you go. We got the thumbs up. That was beautiful. So, so thank you for that. All right. Now that I got all those things out of the way and we've already read our verses, let's go ahead and, um, and let's pray and ask God to direct our steps and to give us understanding with this last truth in verse 18. and everything, give thanks. Father, please open our hearts, our minds, our eyes to the truth of your word today. Uh, May uh, we just uh, be uh, clearly uh, challenged by this very simple statement, yet very important statement, since it is your will. And I pray that uh, our hearts would be changed, challenged, and made different today because of the time we have together and the time we have spending time thinking about your word. And we'll thank you for what you'll do. And we pray this in Jesus' name amen. They tell us that the well-known inventor Thomas Edison had his laboratory almost completely destroyed by fire. It was December of 1914 when this took place. The damage, get this, in that day exceeded $2 million. But the buildings had been insured for $238,000. You say, well, why did they do that? Well, the buildings were made of concrete they were thought to be fireproof and so they only insured a few things and so in essence everything in of Edison's life his work and everything that he had done basically went up in spectacular flames on that night at the height of the father at the height of the fire uh, Edison's son Charles was searching for his father because he didn't know where he was he was concerned He was going among the smoke and the debris and everything else. He finally found him, and and he found his dad calmly watching the scene, and his face was glowing in the reflection. His white hair was blowing in the wind, and Charles said this. Here are his words. My heart ached for him. He was 67 years old, no longer a young man, and everything was going up in flames. When he saw me, he shouted, Charles, where's your mother? When I told him I didn't know, he said, find her, bring her here. She'll never see anything like this as long as she lives. The next morning, Edison looked at the ruins, and here's what he said. These are his words. There is great value in disaster. All our mistakes are burned up. Thank God we can start anew. Isn't that a wonderful attitude? Thank God we can start anew. We have lost all our mistakes. Now, look, I, I thought about that statement. I thought about his response. I've read it a couple different times, and I wanted to challenge you with it today because I've asked myself the question, how could someone thank God at a time like that? What about you? Are there times in your life that you would think it would be awful hard for you to give thanks? I, I would suspect, if we're honest this morning, there's there's. I was going to say there's no one in this room. There's no one in this place. Uh, Who would say, hey, look, there are times where I think it would be awful hard or virtually impossible for me to give thanks. And yet, God this morning challenges us with the thought, in everything, give thanks. We've already stated the fact, and we shared it each and every week as we've studied out these uh, three different verses, that this is indeed God's will for us. And in our study, we have given you basically The expectation, and then we've shared with you the execution. That's not the destruction of it either. The execution, how to follow it. So we're going to do that this morning. And I'd like to share with you, first of all, the expectation. Now, the expectation is pretty simple. All right? The expectation is give thanks. That's what God expects. God expects us uh, to give thanks. Thanksgiving is, you know, a regular subject in the Bible, Now, it's interesting for me to find out, or at least as I was spending time studying the subject out, that um, rejoicing is found, I think, if you remember, some 400 times. Prayer, or some form of the word prayer, is found some 400 or 500 or maybe even more. Maybe it's 600 times in the Scripture. You know, Thanksgiving isn't mentioned near as much in in biblical command. There, There are only 263 times where you find Thanksgiving Uh, in the Bible. So really, it's kind of paltry in relation to, you know, like prayer or rejoicing. But let me tell you something, if it's found 263 times, you would think that it is something that is very important to God. And it is. If you would take time to go through the Bible, you'll find uh, that God speaks often about, or people talk about thanking God. Psalm 92, 1 and 2, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Uh, The psalmist, by the way, was good at giving thanks. Psalm 107, verse 8, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Do you want to know how to glorify God? David said in Psalm 50 and verse 23, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. So the words for thanksgiving may not be found as many times as prayer is or rejoicing is, but the fact of the matter is throughout the Bible we see this matter of thanksgiving being talked about. And I asked the question this morning then, are you a thankful person? Are you grateful For the things God has done in your life. Give thanks is a command of God. It's the will of God. And remember, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning. I didn't hear that. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning. Thank you. You. Here we go, Brother Umstead. This is what God desires for your life. So the question is, how well are you doing? Have you ever taken the time to hold the door for someone and then they totally ignored the fact you held the door for them? I, of course, you're not supposed to do that these days. You're supposed to say six feet away. You can't hold the door for someone and be nice, you know. But have you ever done that? Have you ever, have you ever under your breath or maybe even out loud said, you're welcome. Okay, you've never done that, but I'm a rotten guy. I've done that a couple of times. You know, there's been times I've told, you know, I hold the door for like five or six people and and no one, no one says thanks. And so, you know, I just kind of, you're welcome. And I walk on my way and, and, you know, we'll go about my business. We're fine. We're over it, you know, but, but, you know, it's, it's it's really kind of inconsiderate, isn't it? Uh, We do live in a day where people are, um, if you would, people don't appreciate things anymore. Uh, people m- maybe have grown up in a, in an age in which everything is expected and deserved. They they expect you to hold the door for them, you know. Uh, they expect you to, to to take care of them and, and to cater to them and meet their every need. I don't know the reason why, but I do know this. Sometimes it kind of it kind of irks me a little bit if someone isn't willing to show thanks when I do something special for them. At least just say thank you. I I, mean, I don't expect them to to bow at my feet. Well, you know, that'd be fine, that'd be okay. But, I, you know, I don't necessarily expect that. I don't expect them to go out of their way, or per se, but just say, you know, thanks. Now, it's easy for us to get angry at something like that when you do someone something good, but think about it. God has done you a lot of good this week, and here's the question this morning. <clears throat> Have you not- noticed those things? Have you recognized what God has done and said thanks? You know, holding the door isn't a huge thing, is it? I mean, it's not a big thing. Uh, It's not anything earth-shattering. It's just a a little kindness. Do Do you realize that God all the time is showing us little kindnesses? The Bible tells us God daily loads us with benefits. Have you... Have you thought about thanking him for the fact that um, this morning you have a car and you can keep the heat on and you can keep your car running while I look at how warm you look inside your vehicles? Now, have you have you thought about how wonderful it is that you could drive into church today? That um, that God has given you breath that the trees are budding and and killing those who have allergies. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to mention that. Uh, Have you just rejoiced in the beautiful sunsets, Uh, in the clouds and the rain that God has sent our way, or the cold weather or the warm weather? Have you taken time to thank God for all the benefits that he daily gives us? You see, the truth is, we might get a little bent out of shape because a friend doesn't say, or someone we don't even know doesn't say thank you because we hold the door, but the truth of the matter is we're probably as bad or far worse than them many times when God has been good to us. In everything, give thanks. The command is to give thanks. You have been grateful that the coronavirus hasn't affected your home yet. You know, there is reason. There's a reason to rejoice all the time, every day, because there's a God who's been good to us and give thanks for what he's done. But notice, if you would, I, you know what what's happened with each one of these things. Like rejoice. If, if someone said rejoice, I'd say, Yeah, I'm doing that. If someone said pray, I'd, Yeah, I'm doing that. If someone would say give thanks, I'd say Yeah, I do that. But you notice that the will of God is not just that we rejoice; it's that we rejoice. You can say it evermore. And it's not just that we pray, but we're to pray how, without ceasing. I'm counting on the fact you're saying this and not sleeping on me out there this morning, all right? It's not just that God says to pray without ceasing and rejoice evermore, but God says when he talks about giving thanks, he says in everything. And do you know what happens with each one of those statements as far as my own life is concerned? For all three, I can say, yep, I've done that. Sure, I've done that, and I seek to do that, and I try to do that, but with every one of these things, I find that I fall short because the statements don't end with give thanks, don't end, doesn't end with pray, doesn't end with rejoice. Each one reminds us that God takes it a step further and says that our Christian life is to be more than just giving thanks when everything's going well and when things are fine and God holds the door for us. No, God wants us to learn to give thanks when he doesn't hold the door. When we when we run into it. When we trip and fall, when the day hasn't been all that wonderful. You see, uh, I found that what has is a doable thing, give thanks, becomes at least in some ex- ex- my experiences, something that I would say is an impossible thing at times. And yet God tells me in everything that I'm supposed to give thanks. Now you say, does God expect that really from me? Are you kidding? All the time, every time, in everything like Edison did or like others have it, throughout history? yes. God indeed does that. Now, if you want to think, well, maybe this is just one verse in the Bible and it's never found anywhere else because, because God really doesn't, it's just a, it's a bad translation. Yeah, you got a bad translation, you know, in everything. It's not supposed to be there. No, we, we can't say that. And let me tell you the reason why. Because the rest of Scripture tells us, gives us that same picture. For example, Hebrews 13, 15. The Bible says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Does anyone know what the next word is? Continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20, God says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You say, okay, all right, so there's a couple other verses. So, so, you know, what about when anxiety fills your heart? Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with. I can't hear you. With. I can't hear you yet. With. Thanks. Don't start beeping the horn. All right, with thanksgiving. That's <laughs> your request. I saw that. I saw that. I did catch that. All right, no, with thanksgiving. Let your requests uh, be made known unto God. I heard a story about a young young man. He told the story that impacted his life in the matter of giving thanks in everything. And here's his story. He said, Helen Lamas became a real friend of mine. She taught my class at church faithfully in my preteen years. And uh, he must have been a real troublemaker. He said, in spite of my spitballs and horseplay in class, She loved me, and I knew it, and she taught me so much about God in those years. When I was in junior college, our area in Mississippi was engaged in a battle over legalized gambling. Helen joined the fight to keep it out of our county. I drove her all over to distribute information to churches and people who would listen to her plea. Jackson County, he said, became the only one of three to vote gambling down, and Helen was ecstatic Over the victory, and and delighted to serve the Lord in that way. Not long after, I went away to college, and at college I received a call from my mother telling me Helen Lamas was terminally ill. said I was mad, and I was upset at the same time. I think I was even mad at God. Why would he let such a wonderful woman suffer like this? As soon as I had opportunity, I went back, and as I entered her hospital room, I was wearing my pain all over my face, and it was obvious to her I wasn't taking the news well that she was terminally ill. It wasn't long before my faithful teacher was teaching me from her deathbed. After she coaxed me to admit my struggle with her sickness, she made a statement I'll never forget. Why, Keith, if I wasn't sick... I would never get to share my faith with all of these doctors and nurses. And so, he said, I learned that giving thanks is something God expects, not just when life goes well, but even when it throws you a curveball. That curveball might be an open door for you to impact more people than you could ever imagine. And even if it doesn't, he said, a loving father still has not made a mistake. Look, how can we learn to ex- respond to tragedy like that, like Edison did, like Helen Lamas did? Or, or what about Job after he lost everything in one day? And we've quoted it so many times because it's powerful when you really think about all that took place this gentleman in one day when he lost not just his possessions, but his, his children that he dearly loved. And he said these words. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What would you do if a law was passed saying you couldn't pray any longer? If it said you couldn't go to church anymore? Whoops, okay, we'll leave that one out. Um, If there was a law made that said that that prayer was no longer going to be part of your life, wouldn't you be bothered? Would you complain to God about it? Would you march on City Hall? Well, the Bible tells us that Daniel went home and prayed. And I want you to listen to his words in Daniel 6.10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed. And I want you to listen to this next phrase and gave thanks before his God." If you had just been told that if you prayed, you were going to be thrown to a den of lions, would part of your prayer be thanksgiving? Seriously. Now, come on, we like to, oh, yeah. We like to act like we're so spiritual sometimes. But honestly, if that were the case, yeah, no, I, I, would, I would say, okay, I would have kneeled on my knees and I would have prayed three times that day, and you know what my prayer would have been, Lord, change this law. Lord, get this problem solved. Lord, there's a great difficulty here. So, so I'll be at least that spiritual, okay, and say that I was praying at least, irregardless of what the government had to say. But to think that Daniel got on his knees and he prayed, and then as he always did, he gave Thanks even though his life was on the line. Does that not impact you at all this morning? Does that make you think, hey, look, this thing that maybe we would say is impossible all the time actually has been proven many times in Scripture to be possible and in the lives of various people that we've already shared testimony for. You see, we can do this, and it's God's will that we do it, and it's something God wants us to work on. And I think this is an appropriate time for us to be hearing this message. Because we're at a time when we're living in unprecedented unprecedented days. As far as our history is concerned, we haven't known these kind of things. And so uh, there's a lot of things that are, are bothersome. I, I don't know about you, but it, I, I've said it already, but it bothers me that God's people haven't been gathering every week. I, I'm, I miss you you may not miss me but i miss you i miss the the fellowship with god's people um I, I i i miss the the bad jokes you know the the all the stuff that's that's going on just just miss the the fellowship and you know you can become uh critical complaining and down or you can give thanks for this because god has a plan in it don't know the reason why. Don't know why all this has happened. Actually, there's been, uh, I think, in many ways, a number of great blessings and a great encouragements during this time. It's been encouraging to see how faithful uh, God's people have been to keep in touch with one another. Uh, it's been wonderful to, to just see the, the giving of God's people continue, even though uh, you know, you've had to actually put forth a lot of effort in order to give. It was wonderful to see you give to meet the needs of and be a blessing to the Robertsons a few weeks ago. Um, and just in many ways, there's there's reasons to rejoice, even in this situation, that God's used it to teach us things. So in everything, give thanks. That is the instruction. That is the expectation from God. But you say, how do we end up doing that? I'm glad you asked. So let me share with you uh, some some things, and we'll call it the execution, all right? The execution of this command. How do I actually learn to give thanks in everything? How you know? How can I actually give thanks for bad things? All right, let me share with you a few things that we'll find in various scriptures. We may not look them all up because, well, you'll probably end up beeping your horn if you keep turning your Bible pages there, and you have it on your your steering wheel or whatever. But uh, let me share with you a couple of things from the Word of God that I hope will challenge you and maybe uh, just stir your heart to. Think more about how I can give thanks all the time. First is, fix your contemplation. Fix your contemplation. Uh, let me explain that. We talked about Job already and the fact that Job gave thanks to God, right? The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Do you realize that the beginning of that statement, before he says, blessed be the name of the Lord, he really does talk about fixing his contemplation. You say, well, what do you mean by, by that? Well, he considered something. He said this, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. So what was his contemplation? It wasn't, look at what I've lost. It's, this is God's let me tell you something. You can give thanks in everything, if you understand that it's not yours; it's God's. And that contemplation is vitally important to Christians who want to learn to give thanks at all times, because quite honestly, it's easy to start looking at things and saying, "This is mine, and this is mine, and this is mine." So my car breaks down, and I don't give thanks. I, um, I have a physical ailment, and I stop giving thanks. I have this happen and I stop giving thanks. And the reason why is because maybe even like the young man said, I'm kind of mad at God because God took something away from me. But here is Job's attitude. The Lord gives, the Lord take, takes away. In other words, this was God's in the first place. He gave it to me and now the Lord's chosen to take it away. The Lord needs to be praised no matter what he does because it's his. And look, when we begin to have that contemplation, and and quite honestly, that's a focus that I need to work on myself, and I would suspect probably all of us do. If I have this contemplation that, look, it's not mine in the first place. So I have a beautiful car. If it gets in a wreck, and it's someone else's fault, you know what? It's God's car. And I can rejoice in the fact that he gave it to me for a while. And I can rejoice in the fact that That someone backed into it in the parking lot and put some scrapes on it. So what? It's still a nice car. And God still gave it to me. It's the Lord's. And by the way, Job said that, and he lost all his kids. That'd be hard. But you know, kids, children are an heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. And we always need to be reminded that everything we have, that includes our health and everything else. So if we're going to execute this matter of giving thanks at all times, then it really does begin with by coming to a place where I have this contemplation. It's God's. So, Lord, whatever you do with it, if you take it away, I'll thank you for giving it to me for this time. And, Lord, if you give me something, I'm going to thank you for that. Do you know that Paul actually had to work on that himself? I, you know, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. You know, his contemplation had to, what his contemplation had to be. Hey, if I don't have anything, that's what God chose for me. If I have plenty, that's what God has chosen for me. If this isn't going right or going my way, that's what God has chosen for me. I've learned to abound. I have learned to be abased. I've learned in every situation to give thanks. In all things, fix your contemplation. Where is your contemplation? What are you thinking on? Are you thinking on? Hey, listen, there's a, a lot of people that have been distressed. And we've talked about it because it's a subject that's right before us with the coronavirus. They're distressed about the, 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 the dangers and everything else. Um, and, you know, some people as a result, could never give thanks for it. But God does say in everything, give thanks. In um, Psalm 34 and verse 1, David talks about praising God. Why don't don't you take a moment and turn there, would you? Turn to Psalm chapter 34, and I'm going to get there myself. Psalm 34. In this passage... He says these words, I will bless the Lord at, and and how how often is it? At all times. And then notice this, his praise shall, you can say it, continually. It's going to continually be in my mouth. That's going to be my desire. That's going to be my prayer. But please understand that the context in which this is written. Look at verse 4. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked on him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of, all his, uh, out of all his troubles. So he's talking about a time when he was in great distress, and yet he says at the beginning, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. So look, when I'm in a dark night, I'm going to be blessing the Lord. When when I'm in distress, I'm going to be blessing the Lord. When I had to cry out as a poor man, I'm still going to be blessing the Lord. And his praise is going to continually be in my mouth. His contemplation had to be this. God is good. He's good all the time. He never does anything that's evil or bad because he's a good God. Therefore, I'm going to give thanks. So contemplation. Second thing. Determination. Determination. And I wanted you to turn to Psalm 34 because I love the first two words of this. Verse 1 says, I will. Hey, listen. Giving thanks isn't going to happen all the time unless you make a determination to do so. Your contemplation may be right, but I'll tell you something. There's going to be times when your heart is really sunk sunk low. And if it hasn't been, I just want you to know it's coming someday. I want to really encourage your hearts today. No, the truth of the matter is, we all have real difficult times. We have hard days. We have, we have times when, you know, we're hurting, and when the heart is weighed down with cares, you you, you got to think. Paul learned to be content in all things, but he was a night and the day in the deep. I, you know, I don't I don't mind going swimming, but I don't think I'd want to be in in uh, in the ocean for 24 hours. Would you? And yet he, he said he had to learn, and he learned contentment. And do you know how that happened? Ultimately, it's, just, it's determination. It's just, I will. I'm going to do this. Do you have notes, by the way, in your Bible for when this was written? Um, it, it tells us that it was written when David was before Abimelech. You say, well, what situation was that? Well, his life was actually on the line. Uh, uh, as he met before him, like he, he actually feigned himself mad. Do you remember that? So the king said, get this guy out of my sight. His life was on the line. He, he was in, if you would, a very treacherous situation, and yet we find in Psalm 34 a determination, don't we? I will bless the Lord at all times. So whatever situation I find myself in, whatever difficulty, his life was hanging in the balances, and yet he said, I will. Praise doesn't naturally come at trying times, it has to be something you determine that you're going to do. Because, quite honestly, there are going to be times when your heart doesn't want to. And and I understand. I, I've been there. And And quite honestly, this is something that I need to. Because giving thanks all times... Is not something that we naturally will do unless there's contemplation. God gives me everything I have, and I'm going to be thankful no matter what. Whether he takes it away or whether he gives it to me, I'm just going to be thankful. And then determination, I will give thanks. Uh, don't take time this morning, but if you're taking notes, write it down. Second Chronicles 20. It's an amazing chapter. King Jehoshaphat has armies coming against him, and it doesn't look good. And so he doesn't know exactly what to do. He talks to the Lord about it, and he determines that, look, this is what we need to do. And so he, um, in, let's see, in verse 17, uh, God promised to him as he prayed about it that the victory the next day would come without any fighting, which is an amazing thing, isn't it? I mean, you wouldn't think, hey, you got this army in front of you, you're going to have to fight. But he was told that he wouldn't have to fight at all. So if you read the passage, Jehoshaphat did something. In verse 20, it says this, he believed God, and he told the people, he said, people, believe God, in that great determination, believe God, and then get this, he got his men together and he said, this is what we're going to do, he said, we're going to go out to battle, which is interesting, because God said they wouldn't have to fight, but he said, we're going to still get our armies together, we're going to go out to battle, and when we go out to battle, you know what we're going to do, we're going to send our singers out first, (laughs) you probably would hope you weren't part of the choir, (laughs) Don't you think? Hey, because the singers are going to go out first. The guys who play the instruments are going out first. They're always in the background, aren't they? You know, look, you know, football game. Where are they? They're on the sidelines, you know? They're back there. Anything else, they're just the the instrument guys. But these guys are going to be right out in front. And you know what they were going to be doing while they went out in front of the army? It's crazy. They were going to be thanking God. What a bizarre story. Humanly. But there was a determination of his heart and God was well pleased with that action. Because a man said, I believe God and I'm going to act as if God has already answered and I'm just going to praise him and give him thanks because he is a great God no matter what happens. Listen, the, the war hadn't been fought. The victory hadn't been won. They were going out to battle and they were praising. And that, my friends, is determination. So contemplation. you got to think, this is not mine, it's God's. Because the only way you're going to give thanks in everything, if you understand, he has the right to take it away, he has the right to give it. Rejoice in the fact that he gave it to you, give thanks. The second thing is determination. Just determine in your heart, hey look, I do it doesn't matter what situation I'm in, I am just going to give thanks. I'm anxious, I'm going to give thanks. I've been told I can't can't, can't pray, I'm going to give thanks. I've been told that this situation is terminal, I am going to give thanks. I am going to be a believer that gives thanks. Third thing I want you to see, Colossians chapter 3. Turn to Colossians chapter 3 if you would. The third matter, not only set your determination, fix your contemplation, but find your inspiration. Colossians chapter 3. And there's another passage that we'll make reference to as well. But in Colossians chapter 3, God tells us in verse 17 these words. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father. And I want you to say the last two words with me. By Him. Do you know that Hebrews 13:15 says the same thing? This little phrase... By him is something you might miss. You might just let it pass by. You might just forget. You might think, man, there's nothing significant in that. But there is. When God deals with the subject of giving thanks, he says you give thanks by him. And that means by the means of or through Jesus. Now, that may seem insignificant to you, It may seem unimportant to you, but it really is vitally important. The point is, there are times where I humanly can't give thanks because I don't feel it. There are times when my heart may be so weighed down and my circumstances may be so bad that my heart just can't lift up thanks. And what I'm so thankful for is that I have a friend who at any moment, at any time, is willing to help me with this. And I can learn to give thanks, let me tell you, by Him, through Him, with Him. You see, when my heart is so aching, and when my circumstances are such where I say, I can't see any reason to give thanks, God says, all right then by me, give thanks. I'll be your source of strength. I'll be your comforter. I'll be your help. And through me, we can give thanks. My friend, you need to find your inspiration in Jesus Christ. You need to find your help in Jesus Christ. You know... If I'm going to give sincere thanks, then there are going to be times in the depths of despair, in the depths of bad circumstances, where I'm just going to need God's help. And so I want to encourage you to find your inspiration for thanksgiving in the one who gave his all for you and in the one who can strengthen you. I can do all things through Christ said, I can can learn to be abased. I can learn to abound. I can suffer need. I can have everything. It's all good. And the reason I can do it is because through him, by him, I'll have the strength to do what I ought. Say, I just can't give thanks for this situation. Well, you may not be able to, but there's a, a heavenly father that's ready to help you. And then let me share with you the last, the fourth point, the fourth truth. Spirit saturation. All right? So how do we how do we execute this? How do we get it done? Fix your contemplation. It's all God's. Set your determination. I will, by faith, give thanks to God no matter what happens in my life. Find your inspiration. I can't do it, Lord, without your help. I need your aid. I'm going to do it by you because I can't do it by myself. I don't feel it. I don't want to. But I know you are worthy. Of thanksgiving and praise, and then the last the spirit's saturation. And with a doubt, we could uh, we could probably find other things. But in Ephesians chapter five, talk, God talks about being filled with the Spirit. In fact, just take a moment and turn there if you would, if you're not too far away. Ephesians chapter five. He tells us not to be drunk with wine, where to excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing. And making melody in your hearts to the Lord. And what's the next three words? (laughs) Yeah, we always stop at the end of that verse, don't we? Giving thanks always for all things unto God. You say, how is it going to happen? Well, we could have tied this maybe with Jesus Christ. But it was interesting how in two different places, God says we give thanks by him through Him because of what He's done for us and because of who He is and because of what He can do for us and how He can help us with this matter. But then, specifically in the Bible, we find in Ephesians 5 that it's the Spirit that I need to enable me and empower me. And when I'm walking in the Spirit and walking under His control, I will be able to give thanks even when I hear about a terminal illness. I'll be able to give thanks even when I hear about, about people that I love getting coronavirus. I'll be able to give thanks when it's been... One of those no good, bad, rotten days, and everything's gone wrong. I will learn and be able to give thanks because the Spirit who lives within me gives me the strength and help to do what I ought. God's will. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And and finally, but not last, not, not the most unimportant thing, in everything, give thanks. Thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. That's you this morning. That's right. That's you. This is what God wills for your life. And I hope that the challenge of the passage and the verses and the things we've seen from other scriptures will help you to practice what God says is His will for your life. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God has given us in three short statements a plan for life that will take all of our life to practice. May we be found faithful. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so very much for your word.